Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. Today I want to talk to you about Southwest Airlines. I'm laughing a little bit because I've flown Southwest Air maybe two or three times in my life by accident. I only fly first class and uh, or business class if that's not available, but I found myself a couple of times in a position where Southwest was the only show in town or someone lied to me and told me to fly them. And I found the cruise delightful, uh, but I found the conditions kind of strange. You'd line up, I don't know what, A, B, and C, and you'd wind up either in a a middle seat if you didn't pay attention, or I don't know how it worked exactly. But these were relatively short hauls, and you could put up with them. Herb Kelleher, who I think is a, was a genius, founded Southwest Air with a partner in 1967. Uh, he was a billionaire, uh, and Kelleher uh, served as CEO until uh, 2001. He was a hard-drinking, chain-smoking guy. Uh, over a, a debate about who had right to a certain phrase, he actually had an arm wrestling contest with the other guy. He lost, but he paid a $5,000 charitable contribution, and he got to use the logo or whatever. The crews loved him. I think that the airline employees were just crazy about him. And I remember in the old days uh, reading articles about how just before, you know, the the uh, announcements about uh, your seatbelt and the, the tray being put away and all this kind of stuff, uh, was made the a flight attendant might be hiding in a baggage compartment up above the seats and would jump out. Uh, it was that kind of an airline. But they had great crews and great attitudes, at least originally. And I remember on one of these flights I was stuck on, the flight attendant, as I recall, was coming down the aisle with a cart and she was actually flipping, I don't know, chocolates or pretzels or something to people in the seats, just flinging them out. And uh, she said at one point, somebody asked her a question and she said, does anybody have change of a 20? And uh, one of the guys shouted out, honey, if I had change of a 20, I wouldn't be on this airline. Uh, Herb Kelleher uh, passed away, uh, I believe, in 2019 at the age of 87. He had been continuing for a while as chair after he stepped down as CEO. I lived a full life, and uh, uh, he really started a hell of an airline. Uh, for the past year, a little less than a year, since last February, a guy named Bob Jordan has been CEO, and he makes a little over $3 bucks. Now, Southwest, you have to understand, is not like the typical airline that uses a hub-and-spoke method. In other words, a major city like Atlanta or Chicago or Miami or New York is the hub, and the, flame, the planes fly in and out of it to different destinations. Uh, it's, it's very, very efficient, uh, and almost all airlines use a hub-and-spoke kind of method. At one point, the old U.S. Air uh, was flying out of Pittsburgh in, in that uh, manner, in Charlotte or someplace else. Uh, but, you know, United has used Chicago, American has used Dallas, uh, and um, United, I think, has used San Francisco, and so forth and so on. But Southwest, from its origins, used point-to-point. And that meant that a plane would go from City 1 to City 2 to City 3 to City 4. It never returned to its hub unless it accidentally went back there during this point-to-point travel. And the aforementioned U.S. Airlines... Uh, turned to that mechanism as well. Uh, it didn't serve them well. You know, they were purchased, they went out of business. It's almost like a Greyhound bus. And the problem can be related to dominoes. You know, you knock the first domino over and then it knocks the next one over and down it goes. And of course, there's a Guinness World Book of uh, 
records about this, you know, for 75,000 dominoes or something. Uh, but if you hold up a Greyhound bus for 20 minutes, it can't make it up going to the next stop unless it breaks the law. In an airline, it can't make it up unless it breaks the speed barrier. So this point-to-point -point stuff gets you in trouble right from the get-go. Southwest also has an antiquated scheduling system. It's called SkyMaster or something like that. And it fails under extreme weather. It can handle minor setbacks, a couple of delays, but not extreme weather. And the thing is ancient. And they knew that. Do you know that flight crews, this is reported in the Wall Street Journal, uh, late December, flight crews had eight-hour waits to find their assignments while planes were sitting idle in airports because they couldn't get flight crews. I'm not talking about customers. I'm talking about flight crews. You know why? They used an antiquated phone system. And the, the flight attendants showed that there were eight-hour waits to get their assignments. I mean, it's incredible. It, it's a fourth-world country in that regard. So are you really telling me that airline leadership at Southwest wasn't smart enough to anticipate the huge storm and the huge disruption that's going to occur probably once a year or more these days? They weren't smart enough to anticipate there'd be a huge holiday travel volume because people want to get to see others post-pandemic. They're not smart enough to replace antiquated scheduling software. What did they think? I mean, they were going to eke out another year or two? They canceled Southwest 70% of their flights on some days. That was half of all the flights canceled in the entire world. So we're talking about thousands and thousands of flights canceled by this one airline. While Delta, during one of these days, had to cancel about 200 flights because of weather conditions and so on. And so this level of calamity did not happen to Delta or American or United or JetBlue. It will take a week, as, as I read this to you, as I'm talking to you right now, it will take another week to clean the mess up. But the ruined holidays for people, the terrible travel inconveniences and physical and emotional hurt, the lost baggage, the wasted money, and all that time spent in senseless lines that will never be recouped. And so the, we are replete with horror stories of what's happened to people. I read one, again in the Wall Street Journal, where eight different sets of grandchildren were expected to fly in and uh, serve as a surprise treat to their 90-year-old grandmother. Uh, and of course, none of them could get there. None of them could get there. Can that happen again next year? Who knows? I have told you before, on my podcasts, on my blog, in my newsletters, in my books, that airlines are among the very worst-run businesses in the entire world. It used to be banks. It used to be and still is newspapers. But it's certainly airlines today. They don't invest in the customer. They invest in themselves. All airports, for example, that I've experienced internationally are built for planes, not people. Maybe it's time to reconsider this and not have to run for your life in Atlanta or in Charles de Gaulle or in Chicago. You know, think about this. How do you board a, a train? You board a train from the side along many cars. Why do we board planes? 
even huge airliners that can carry 400, 500 people, why do we board these through a single bottleneck and one person at a door looking at your ticket, scanning your ticket, and then one person at an inner door looking again and pointing you to coach or wherever? Why do we have to do that? Can't we board from the side of an airplane like a train? Of course we could if we decided to build these things for people, if we decided to think of the real customer. So in the midst of a virtual revolution, and by that I mean doing more things virtually, remotely than ever before, mitigating the need for travel to a large extent, the airlines eliminate first class, which is very, very conducive to travel for people who can afford it. They squeeze all the other seats closer together still. The federal government in the United States is thinking of passing a law requiring certain minimum seating. I think we already do that for sardines and cans, and now we're going to do it for living people. They change the schedules maniacally to economize on flights and equipment. Uh, in January, I'm flying to Miami, you know, from Boston to Miami and back, two airplanes, nonstop. They've changed my flight times four times already. And they'll ask me, is this still suitable? Well, if I'm supposed to leave at 11 in the morning and you change it to four in the afternoon, no, it's not suitable. But they keep doing this. And they continue with confusing fare structures and penalties. They make it more and more difficult instead of making it easier and easier. Even the rental car companies will deliver a car to your door or pick you up in a bus and put you in the car with the keys. If the airline brass had been running Ukraine, the country would have fallen in 10 hours to the Ugandan army. Be careful up there. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.